What's good people? On this episode of the Lead Your Legacy podcast, we're going to discuss education and why we need it. I hope you're ready for a purposeful podcast that inspires you to take notes, pursue your hopes and most importantly, lead your legacy. This week, we're asking the question, why do we need education? And it's not as subjective as many people might think it means. Yes, it looks different in different way, in, in different contexts and different cultures across the globe, especially when it comes to different people. But at the end of the day, education means one thing, to draw from within, right? I remember when I first learned about that because it comes from the Latin word educo. Education is literally about to draw your potential from within yourself. That is the whole purpose of teachers, of the education system, or what it should be, to be fair, but that's for a totally different day. And that's what it comes down to, that we are given the skills, the tools, the resources, and more importantly, the opportunities to figure out just how good we can be, to realise just how much value we can provide to the world around us. And to see what exactly is within ourselves that's going to help us achieve those goals. And so that leads me on to the second part of today's podcast, which is how can we learn more about ourselves? Well, there's a few things that we can do to do just that. The first thing that you realise about growing, uh, learning more about yourself is to you're growing into yourself. Right. Teachers love to use the phrase that you are fulfilling your potential which means that there's some sort of, if not destination, but some sort of, I guess, there is a level to which you can aspire to, to reach, which is why things like representation and role models and music, arts and culture and, and, and the media and all of these different, and history as well, by the way, are so important to us because they help us to realise just how far we can go, right? And you realise that you yourself are a, a, an organism who is trying to realise your full potential. To see just how high you can go. To see how strong you can become. To see how fast you can run. To see how much you can learn. Right? This is the purpose of education. And that's why we need to learn more about ourselves. But doing that isn't always easy. Um, you have to figure out what works for you. And this is why self-awareness and personal development are so important. For example, as a teacher... There are so many different things that I need to, and the word is differentiate, which is basically making the work accessible to people of, who are basically neurodiverse. So regardless of the speed at which they learn or uh, how good their eyesight may be or their, their ability to process, or if they've got, um, for example, Asperger's or um, uh, dyslexia, it's up to me to be able to differentiate and figure out what works for them so that they can still access the very same information as, well, basically everyone else. And the great thing about neurodiversity is that in some way, shape or form, we're all different, right? That we figure out and we learn in different ways. There's the old kind of, and it's slightly debated method of VAK, which is visual, audio, or kinesthetic. 
So do you learn by looking at things, by observing things? Do you learn by speaking about things or listening to things? Or do you have a preference and a priority about learning by doing? Right? As well as, I think it's uh, gardeners, nine different ways of learning. These different ways are great because you realize just how unique the human experience is. And when you merge and mesh these all together, you realize that you genuinely have to figure out what works for you. You have to be self aware enough to say, you know what, this works for me and that doesn't work for me. One, because time. You haven't got enough time to be able to say, to, like, if something's not working for you and you're not getting it, you have to be able to quickly adjust and make it work for you in that sense. Like, I know, for example, with me, I'm somebody who prefers to learn by doing. Yeah, I can hear it. And yes, I also learn by watching, but I prefer to learn by doing. Right. And so for me, if I get involved, in, if somebody tells me to do something or asks me to do something, shall I say? Um, I'm more likely to learn it and quickly and quicker, sorry, if I'm doing it myself. For example, with teaching, teaching was something I had to learn to do only by doing it. You could read the theories, you could listen to the seminars. But when it came down to learning to teach, I had to actually practice the skills for myself. That's what worked for me. And so I think when it comes to edu like education, it's a wonderful, wonderful thing because you it's it's amazing to see just how you learn to see what works for you and what doesn't work for you and all the different quirky ways in which people take on board information and then use it creatively to improve their ability to fulfill their potential and then what you can also do and I kind of mentioned this earlier was look at the world around you right I have a phrase in my classes that that is basically look if you read then you can learn now this might sound like it would only apply to books but I think if you can read books or people if you can't do both pick one because they both speak a language which can be read interpreted understood and then practiced right looking at the world around you from culture media arts um your history your parents your siblings being able to see what works for them what works for you is an it is absolutely imperative if you are going to fulfill your potential Right, they say that the loneliest place, or the worst, or what's, it, what's it not the loneliest place? The wealthiest place in the world is the graveyard, because a lot of people go to death with their dreams and their hopes unfulfilled, unrealized. And you get it because when people become, for one one reason or another, disenfranchised with education, and they don't think that there's much in it for them, they realize that it's not so much what's in it for them; it's about what can they get out of themselves, what can they achieve, what can they do. And when you flip the switch like that and you realize that as a teacher, your job is to help somebody realize their potential, not to see how good of a teacher you are based on grades to a degree, but how good you are at drawing out people's ability, their potential from within themselves. One of the techniques I love to use is if somebody asks me a question, let's say basic spelling, I might say to them, how do you think it's spelled? And when they ask me that, they go through a journey of trying to spell the word for themselves. And I'd probably say seven to eight times out of 10, they know how to spell it. And the only gratification I get out of the end of it is saying to them, it was within you all this whole time. You knew the answer. And to see the pride and the joy that they get out of knowing and, and the confidence they gain from knowing that they knew the answer, because I was able to draw it from within themselves, because sometimes we all need a bit of a, a, an unblockage, right? We need somebody to help unblock 
those obstacles in front of us, whether they be neurological, um, cultural, physical, psychological, or um, even sometimes economical, right? We all need somebody who can help us sometimes get over these barriers, which are blocking our ability to fulfill our potential. And if we can learn, like I said, just to go back to it, if we can learn how to read the world around us, whether it's be books or people, if not both, we're going to find ways to speak and learn and practice an entirely different language, which will help us fulfill our potential. Now, it's all well and good that you get to this potential and you are able to figure out the skills and tools that realize it. But sometimes you need to know, well, first and foremost, how does it benefit me? Like you're saying all of these wonderful abstract things. But how does it actually benefit me, David? And there's a few ways in which you can do it. And we're going to split it into two ways, personal and professional. We'll start with the professional first, right? It's old school, but you hear it often. Um, I'm from an African background or household mainly, shall I say. Um, and one of the things that, not personally that I heard, but I would hear that my friends would hear, is that the, the timely old phrase that you will end up in McDonald's, right? And the reason this was used as a phrase was because, look, there's, you don't want to aspire to simply, for want of a better way of putting it, just end up cooking behind a fast food restaurant. Now, let's put this into context. Had we known then what we know now, we'd realise that there's absolutely nothing wrong with working and getting an honest day's wage, working hard, grafting. And look, if that's your game and your game is to be is to work in a in a restaurant whether it be fast food or gourmet five-star cuisine michelin thing as long as you aspire to be the best at it that you can do that and live happy and fulfill your potential and serve the world as best as you can but in our parents context it wasn't necessarily like that it was meant to it, it was put across as in a way like look you want to end up anywhere but here we now realize that in many cases in many jobs you need basic grades to be able to get certain jobs whether they be GCSEs, A-levels, or even a degree in most of these places now, right? Learning about yourself helps you to compete in a world that is objectively going to judge you on how well you have learned to fulfill your potential. It's that simple, right? I often say to my students, look, let's say you drop out with minimum to few GCSEs. Now, this doesn't mean that you are a failure in life. Because that's another thing that I have with the education system, which is that basically if you don't go to university or if you, yeah, if you don't go to university, then you have not reached your potential. That's rubbish in my eyes. I think you can definitely fulfill your potential if you deem to go down a different avenue, whether it be more of a, an apprenticeship avenue or even if you just take time out to maybe even start your own business or something that you don't feel like at the time you necessarily need a degree for, then do that. Like do what works best for you. And this is the whole thing about education. It's about helping you figure out what works best for you so that you can use it to fulfill your potential. And sometimes university doesn't help you do that. But the point remains that in some cases, and widely speaking, certain grades, at the very bare minimum, GCSEs, will help you to do that. That's why it's important for you to figure out what works for you because you're going to need these if you're going to compete. Next, the good old argument about experience versus education. Look, you can do degrees and apprenticeships now with placements where you earn whilst you learn. And to me, I think that's the best, that's the, that is the best of both worlds. I'm not necessarily a fan of simply doing academics because my issue with academics is that you can sometimes become so engrossed in theory and study and research 
that when it comes to the ground where these things are meant to be applied, you either haven't got the resolve or the resilience to be able to do so. And so that's why I think you need to have the experience and education to be able to do something. And what's great about that is if you can try something new, something that might, within obvious reasons, stress you out a little bit, not too much, but just a little bit of stress to make you think, to take you out of your comfort zone, that might even, dare I say, cause you to fail the first couple of times that you try it, right? The reason I say that is because competition and learning new skills has a way of bringing out the best and the worst in people for all to see. It's exposed. And you've got two choices as to what you can do with that information. You can either grow from it or you can let it condemn you to effectively death without growth. And so that's why I would say, look, when it comes to you helping, when it, education comes, when it comes to how education can help you compete, that's why. Because everyone else, whether you want to call it the rat race, the game of life, everyone else is trying to figure out what works best for them and trying to make sure that they can get the best out of it. And when it comes to things like jobs and opportunities, there's only a limited few that it can go to. And when it comes to those people, they want to make sure that they've got the best in terms of their character and their own personal development who can help them achieve their goals whilst they achieve their own personal goals at the same time. Lastly, so how can we figure out what works best for us? So I've already spoken about how you can look at different cultures or look at your culture, look at media, look at the arts, um, look at history, look at books, watch movies, autobiography. All of these things can help you draw more out about yourself. Right. Uh, funny enough, actually, I remember watching um, uh, uh, a documentary on Netflix about Bill Gates. Now I have this issue where like I chew the inside of my cheek, nasty, disgusting habit, but I do it because I'm often thinking. And I remember watching Bill Gates in his documentary on Netflix and he chews the tops of his pen lids or the tops of his pens, not the actual part where the ink and the pen, where you write, not the writing side of it, but like the top part where you hold, your, where, where you hold it. And ever since then, I find myself, I've substituted chewing my cheeks, which was a nasty, disgusting habit for chewing the tops of pens instead which I find therapeutic and there's less likelihood of me causing damage to myself and just by watching that I was able to learn more about myself now other things that you can do some more straightforward things that you might be able to do are first and foremost number one do some self-reflection in your journey about your day right maybe there was a particular thing that happened during your day that you can reflect upon and think about how did you deal with it how did you respond to it Maybe how would you have dealt with it better or why was it good? Why did that particular event during that particular day or that particular interaction with that particular person or, or issue, why was that good for you? What did you learn about yourself from that experience? Number two, take a few personality tests. The three that I'm very much an advocate of are first and foremost, a love languages test, which is great for learning about how you value or how you like to feel valued and appreciated not just in um romantic relationships but maybe even professional ones right because the one of the first things you're taught about teaching or that I was taught about teaching anyway is that it's all about relationships and knowing how people feel valued and being able to know that about yourself as well as other people and read it from other people is so so important like if you're somebody who um appreciates physical contact or physical touch a spud or a handshake is a great way to show somebody that you appreciate them or in my case that you're appreciated 
right? If you're somebody who's encouraged by acts of service, then on one hand, being able to ask somebody to help you is a great thing because then they do that thing for you and then you feel valued. Or you can do that for other people when, if you realise that this is the kind of person who would benefit or feels encouraged when and seen and noticed and valued when somebody helps them out, right? Just a few little, I'm not going to go through all five of them, but that's why, for example, love languages is important. Myers-Briggs, for me, that was one of the ones that I've taken numerous times just to check the consistency of it and realised things about myself that I definitely can, that definitely resonated with me in terms of things I liked about myself and things I didn't like about myself. And if you find the big, I think it's the big 16 on, uh, just type that into Google and up comes the first, uh, it's the first result. It will tell you so much about just generally your, how your mind works and your general approach to everything from parenting to careers to even hobbies and interests. So definitely do Myers-Briggs. And then lastly, this one is quite a new one for me, but I've really enjoyed like realizing how much it genuinely speaks to me. And this is The Four Tendencies by Gretchen Rubin, in which she looks at how do people respond to inner expectations and outer expectations. When I found out that I'm a questioner, I realized why I procrastinate on so many jobs, right? Or not jobs, but tasks. And the reason being is that for some of these tasks, I just, I don't see the value in them. And it was funny because one of those, the, the lines I will always remember, which has been incredibly helpful to helping me manage my own attitude to expectations is, look, as a questioner, you have to do what you must so that you can do what you want. And so when I'm marking or having to sort out something for, uh, for the business, like this paperwork, then I, I don't exactly get a thrill out of it, but I can't enjoy the task of teaching and figuring out how I'm going to help these students progress or how I'm going to help my business progress unless I do the things I don't like doing. And so that's why the tendencies was a great, great revelation for me. Last tip that I would have. So the third tip that I would have to help you figure out more about yourself is do this. And this is a brave one. It will take a lot of courage and definitely some iron, some iron skin. Ask your loved ones, colleagues, and if you're brave enough, your clients or your students, what they think of you. Now, I've done this with all of those people and it's never, I'm not gonna lie to you, it's never always been an easy here and I haven't always liked what I've heard, but I have heard it. And I have listened to it more, so I say, right? Because it's all well and good that you ask somebody to give you feedback. But if you want them to be honest, pure and genuine, as well as constructive and make sure that it's coming from a loving place, you have to afford them the opportunity to tell you some things that you might be blind to. One of the things that you look at, especially as a coach, life coach, shall I say, is a, a thing called Johari's window which is basically looking at four different perspectives about yourself. And one of those windows is that sometimes that you need to get feedback from things about yourself that you might not necessarily be aware of, but other people are. And that's one of the windows to basically making you more self-aware and effective. And so when you ask these people to give you feedback about yourself, and if you can preferably get it written down as well, anonymously if, you're, if you think that they might feel some kind of way, this feedback is very different but if you can get it from two or three different areas of your life so for example colleagues and loved ones just those two alone if you can find consistencies amongst them then you'll realize how you're coming across and maybe some ways in which you're definitely appreciated but also 
some things which you need to improve upon if you are to fulfill your potential. I really, really enjoy talking to people who don't like conflict um, about what they think of me because what I try to do with those people is say to them, look, like, I'm not going to take it personally, although, well, to be fair, I will take it personally, but I'm not going to hold it against you um, if you tell me something that I would appreciate about myself because at the end of the day, I'm trying to improve. And I give them, you know, an opportunity to sample what it's going to be like to tell me something about myself with no repercussions with no hatred just honest constructive feedback and they appreciate that because very often especially in today's society we find it difficult to if not take on board feedback at least give it because of so many issues around everything from and understandably so to be fair around people's ability to be resilient or to take on feed on board feedback or if they're going to be offended, it means that we don't tell the people that we love what we think they can do and how they can achieve it, as well as what they're already doing. That's fantastic. If we could just do that, or if anything, give people the opportunity to tell us about ourselves as people, as professionals, as partners, then we'll find ways in which we can improve our ability to, to, to be great in all those arenas of our life, both personal and professional. So just to recap, on today's episode, we've looked at what education really means, how we can learn more about ourselves and how learning helps us to compete. I hope you've really enjoyed today's podcast about why education is important. If you have any feedback, then please feel free to send us a DM. Uh, feel free to join in on the conversation about why we need education. Do you think that the system is great at helping draw us out from within ourselves? Are there things that you think we should be doing more? Are there, for example, different ways in which we can draw more out from different, different demographics of and different communities of people within the education system? Feel free to join in using the hashtag LYL podcast on Twitter. Um, please feel free, like I said, to leave a review, especially on iTunes. And just to finish off, more importantly, I hope you have a great week and that you continue to leave your legacy.